This week on The Zone of Truth, Griff and I review the protocol beverage spiked protein, defend the inherent right to owl bear arms in segment power rank kill by assessing the six released ways of the 2E gunslinger, and of course, answer some listener questions. I'm your host, Steve, in the studio with your GM and my co-host, Griffin. Roll a wheel save. You're in The Zone of Truth. And we're back. Yeah, back in black powder, baby. Ooh, I like that. That's good. That's a good pun. What did you think about my right to owl bear arms? Yeah, that's that's good. All right, cool. I, I liked it. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if we have owl bears anymore. Oh, I guess that's a good point. York license. Ah, uh, damn. I guess Waxy owns this episode. <laughs> oh, <or whatever>. no. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> good thing we're not paywalling it. Good thing we're not trying to wild shape into it. Ooh, indeed. How you been, man? It, it we're recording this on uh, what I like to call Friday. It's Friday night. Friday. Yep. Yeah. Happy Friday. Although this drops on a Monday, so I'm sure this is pretty disappointing to hear people celebrating Friday. Happy Monday. Yeah, Monday, guys. Enjoy it. Enjoy your Monday. How's your day today, man? Uh, not too bad. Yeah. Yeah, I had work, mm-hmm. and it's month end close so i had to explain close variances which was annoying Ooh, fun stuff no not fun no. stuff annoying stuff monthly stuff mm. drudgery yeah yeah i had the classic call with my boss early on in the day and she's like it's a beautiful day outside if uh you wrap up early you wrap up early and i was like all right sweet and then uh proceeded to get slammed at work so i did not wrap up oh, early sucks. <laughs> i at least wrapped up early yeah but, you know, uh, after which I, I hit the gym. We are talking about a beverage today that is very closely associated or at least marketed towards people that hit the gym. Did you hit the gym after work today? I did. It was deadlift day today. Hey, same here. How's your deadlift doing? It's all right. It, yeah. It, it was hot in the grass today. Mm. <laughs> I wasn't loving them today. It's that's, like, uh, that's not a good sign because it was like I know, barely but 70 it, degrees. Yeah, but like. It was the warmest day all week for sure, mm-hmm. and we were feeling it. We had the AC on and the and the air on because, you know, deadlifts with any kind of heat is no fun. Troubling, yeah. Deadlift day for me as well. I hit my max a couple weeks ago, and now I'm doing the thing where I drop the weight down a little bit to focus on form because once you hit that max, it's like oh, I'm feeling a little shaky. If I, you know, I got I got to I got to focus on the basics and then yeah. build back up. Yeah. So. Today was a little bit of a lighter deadlift day for me, but I mean, lighter is still like fucking 300 pounds. So yeah. I was, I'm hurting a little bit right now, but in a good way. It's that that like muscle soreness that I know is going to feel good tomorrow. As long as it's not in the back, that's good. No, it is not in the back. <laughs> we are fine. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So besides that, man, what you been up to? Someone on the Discord, and I apologize because I don't remember who recommended it, but like a Zone of Truth or two ago, I was talking about how Haley and I were enjoying Amphibia, which is like one of those Disney animated cartoons, and uh, someone had said, I think it might be Lord Deathquake. If it's not, his profile picture is from this show. So (laughs) if it wasn't Lord Deathquake that suggested it, then they at least know the show. But we started watching Owl House. Hmm. And uh, it's fantastic. It's like Owl House? Yeah, Owl. Oh, okay, like sure. The bird. It's another, you know, in the same vein, this girl gets transported to another world, this world, like, full of magic, and befriends, like, a witch who is the Owl Lady. 
and like the king of demons who is like a dog with a skull for <laughs> like a puppy like though okay. um, and he's like you know the child of the king of demons or something but the meta plot is her like learning magic and becoming a witch or whatever and but it's it's pretty good and the world building's pretty good in it and then beyond that Haley and I just got a deep fryer. Oh, okay, sure. <laughs> this is the next in a in a line of kitchen uh, gadgets because she doesn't get to have a lot of like fried anything because of her celiac. So we made um, we made this like ranch dredged fried chicken mm. today that we saw on TikTok that looked really good, but is obviously full of gluten. So we made it gluten free. So now we have a fryer that is gluten free. So. She's been looking up recipes like all day. I think she's like dying to have, cause she, she used to live in Wisconsin. So she would have cheese curds mm-hmm. and obviously, you know, fried cheese curds can't do gluten free. So she hasn't had those since she's been diagnosed. So I think that's next on the menu. <laughs> nice. Well, that's awesome. That's really cool that you did the damn thing yourself, got it and are able to like bring back all these memories for her. I feel like that's kind of a consistent thing. Like I remember like when she got her hands on gluten-free Oreos, she's like, it's been years since yeah, I've had Oreos. Yeah. Like this is amazing. <laughs> so yeah, that's cool. That's really cool. Uh, anything else? No, that's about it. Yeah. Okay. So I've got a, a triple threat here going on. A, a lot of really cool new things happening that I'm super excited about. Uh, just the last week, there was the, uh, the new Enter Shikari album dropped. It's called Kiss for the Whole World. The singles that dropped from it were really awesome so i was very excited for the album to come out and boy is it good i was reading a interview with the lead singer and he's talking about how their last album which is an album that i really really loved is a little bit pessimistic because it came out like mid-covid and with this new record he's like yeah you know maybe the world is not much of a better place than it is in fact you know like there's some really troubling shit going on in the world right now but we want to put out positivity and songs that are going to be fun to dance to when we play them live and just like try to overcome some of the negativity out there with good stuff. So the record is very upbeat. There's a lot of callbacks to their to some of their previous work. It's just fun. It's so good. I'm very, very excited. It's definitely an early contender for my record of the year. I really enjoy it. So definitely give that a shot. I'll tell you what, lots of people on the Discord have mentioned to me that after like talking about Enter Shikari so much on these Zones of Truth that they finally gave him a shot and they're like, wow, these guys are weird and it's so much fun. Like These guys are great. So if you haven't taken the plunge yet, this new album is a lot of fun. Check it out. But besides that, I got two more things that I'm super stoked on. Jedi Survivor. My God, the follow-up to Jedi Fallen Order. Now I've heard that the game is having some performance issues on PC that are probably gonna get patched really soon. So this is probably gonna be old news by the time this episode comes out or soon after. But I'm playing on Xbox right now and geez, the combat is super snappy. It looks fucking gorgeous. It's huge. It's just a giant game. It's what I would have wanted from a sequel in that franchise. It's an RPG if you're unfamiliar with it, and it's a follow-up to Fallen Order, like I said, but in Fallen Order, you are a Jedi that is growing in power, and by the end, you are quite powerful. Typically, in franchises like this, what you'll see in the sequel or the third part in a trilogy or whatever is the hero loses his powers or his gear or whatever, and you gotta build back up because that's the type of game this is. 
but the designers are like, nah, fuck it. You're still the same dude. Like, so <laughs> you're, still, you're still strong. You come in pretty powerful and with a lot of the skills that you picked up in that first game. So you don't feel like you're retreading old ground. I really highly suggest it. It's a lot of fun. It feels a lot like a crossover of like an Uncharted mixed with a like Soulsborne game. So it's a little difficult for me because I don't play those types of games, but I'm loving it. Yeah, I saw the uh, I saw somebody play through the Rancor fight. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, God, yeah, that looks like Elden Ring. Like the comment, yeah. <laughs> the comment that's happening in here, like, you know, the dodge rolls and all that stuff. I've actually seen this guy playing that is I don't know what his build is. I don't know. You know, I, I haven't played the game at all. So I don't know if you have like ability trees or that kind of mm-hmm. shit. But he, he's playing like lightsaber in offhand. Gun Blast, in the other, blaster yeah. in main hand, mullet, mustache, yep. and, and every every playthrough video of him is like America, <laughs> fuck yeah! And all he's doing is like he never uses a lightsaber to kill anybody. He's just he's like blasting. point blank shooting people with a blaster. Yep, yep. I think I have the handlebar mustache. I haven't found the mullet yet. But of course, it's going on. When I, I, I find mean, it. all all of his all, like his lightsaber hilt and pistol are all like red, white, and blue. <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> and he's wearing like jeans and like my, it's, 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 it's like it's like the. Uh, I saw you post this in our Discord. It's very funny. It's like the Poseidon's bounty from two years ago shirt that I wore. The, the like cut off flannel. <laughs> It's really good. The very final thing that I'll say about Jedi Survivor, and I'm going to be extremely vague about this because I really, really don't want to spoil this game for anybody. But there is a trend in Star Wars media in general that's happened over the last couple of years, or maybe less of a trend and more of a theme that they explore in this game that I really, really, really love. So if you want very minor spoilers because it's like big thematic stuff. Talk to me about it on the Discord because I will talk to anybody about it. Anyway, the very last thing I just want to say, final plug, Yellow Jacket season two. Love the first season. Season two has ramped up a whole lot. The cannibalism is happening hard. So (laughs) (laughs) it's that Lord of the Flies type show with the girls soccer team surviving out in the wilderness. And now it's winter. So food's becoming scarce. (laughs) So, boy, I equate it to like a CW show with extreme gore. That's what it is. High drama. Fucking gorgeous. Incredible acting across the board. Just stellar performances and lots of gore. So I really love it. But I digress because we got some very interesting seltzers to get into. We're going to be reviewing the Protocol Beverage Spiked Protein. Now, there's a ton of website copy and I did not edit it down because it's all weird and interesting. So because there's a lot of it this time around, Griff, do you want to take turns on this one? Yeah, that's fine. So I don't bore you guys and you can feel included. So I'm going to do this first paragraph if you want the next big chunk after uh, the all caps, which is important. Born from just a few dudes in Erie, Pennsylvania, Spike Protein is suitable for people who love to stay fit but also want to enjoy themselves and don't take themselves too seriously. Hey, sounds like us. 
People who want more protein but also enjoy alcoholic beverages. Uh, yeah, that's also us. Pineapple Pump, Swellberry, and Orange County are the first flavors available. Our beverages are packaged in 16-ounce cans with 8% ABV and 11 grams protein per serving. These drinks are uncarbonated and easy to consume. Protocol is now available in select U.S. states. The only thing we care about is creating a high-octane drink for high-octane people. Yeah, it's only that. Our drink is for the bravest of people who flaunt their savagery by drinking fearless products like ours. Take it away, Griff. Better to burn out than to fade away. <laughs> we'll never do things just because everyone else is. We're building something people want to be a part of, not just another basic boring concept or corporate brand. We're building a legion of fans with high octane in their DNA. Love us or hate us, you'll sure as hell remember spiked protein. We're going to do this how we want and would rather burn up than settle for mediocre corporate status quos. If we just copy what everyone else is doing, we're better off living in a simulation. <laughs> if it doesn't scare the living hell out of you, then it's not worth doing. I think you're starting to understand why I didn't edit down any of this copy. <laughs> this is wild. All right, so when should I drink this? Protocol is designed to get your night or weekend started. Maybe you don't want to go out on an empty stomach, just exercise before the bars, finished a 5K or bike race, or maybe you're just seeking more daily protein content. Give it a try. And like I said, 8% ABV, which is pretty high, and 11 grams protein. I named the three different flavors before. I think we're going to start with Orange County. How you feeling going into this before I give the rating scale? So... A story about these guys. Ooh, okay. Uh, yeah, I've actually it. i've I've known about these drinks for like two years. What? Yeah. So my a bunch of my dad's college buddies live in Erie. Oh, like a, a big group of them. Like five of the people he lived with in college all were from Erie and live in Erie now. And they didn't bring this drink to the Notre Dame tailgate when we played Ohio State, but mm -hmm. they talked about it. Wow. Which made me look it up because it was only in Erie, Pennsylvania for a long time. They were just selling it at bars and like gas stations in Erie because they didn't have a lot of distribution on it. Okay. And, and I was like, what the fuck? Why would somebody want a seltzer, which I guess it's not a seltzer. If it's just a spike protein drink is what they're calling it because mm -hmm. it, it obviously doesn't have fizz. But why would somebody want a booze that is essentially a, you know, half of a muscle milk? Yeah. Like, why? Uh. And then I looked at their website because they had like a fucking Geosites website at the mm -hmm. time. And it was, uh, it was, what is their saying? Like completely unnecessary. Yeah. On these cans, it says hashtag 100% unnecessary. 100% yeah, unnecessary, which, which got Fun. me back on board. I was like, <laughs> okay, you're self-aware enough to know that this is the stupidest fucking idea. Yeah. In, in fact, there's a quote on the cans. I don't know if it's the same on all three of them. Just a few guys from Erie PA set out to make the most unnecessary drink of all time. They did it. Like these guys all made right. this right out of college. This is a little reminiscent of the Sesh story, but seemingly... But I think it's like, a, yes. it's a much cooler concept. And seemingly, and now maybe this is not the case, but seemingly not like trust fund kids, like fucking Wall Street bros. And I don't, I, it could be wrong about that. I didn't do all that much homework. Right. But you, you also didn't mention any of the nutrition facts, which like, no. for the first time in an alcoholic beverage, I'm seeing right on the back. 
290 calories, so it is a tall boy, and I don't think it's meant to be like a seltzer where it's, you know, yeah. 90 calories or whatever. 25 carbs, 8 grams of sugar, 11 grams of protein. Not terrible for a booze drink in a tall boy. It contains milk, which worries me a little bit. <laughs> Okay. Uh, <laughs> so uh, the ingredients are alcohol from sugar, water, erythrol, whey protein isolate, sugar, natural flavors, stevia extract, monk fruit extract, contains milk. Boy, I'm calling it right now. These are not going to be average. These are either going to be really, really bad or pretty good. I don't think we're going to get mid tier on these. I can be wrong, but I think this is going one or two directions. I think we're going to have a really trash flavor and a really good flavor. Ooh, that's an interesting call. Well, let's talk about how we're going to rate the seltzers. I was trying to decide on how we wanted to rate them. It's going to be the one to five scale, of course, but I'm going to go with the uh, people at my gym scale. So one out of five is the girl who leaves all her weights out and then just goes home. You know, doesn't re-rack them. Kind of shitty thing to do. Two out of five is the very hands-on CrossFit couple. Uh, yeah, you know, kind of gross. Three, we have a fair amount of phone tripod fitless quote unquote influencers. And I have been in a, the background of a whole bunch of those. <laughs> Four, there's this dude who's really quiet that he wears shorts that have really wild prints on them. And one day I recognized one of the prints as the same print as the jacket that the Demon Slayer dude wears. Uh, so I walked up to him like, print. hey, I know what that is. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, cool. So all of his different shorts are like from different anime costumes, which I think is really cool. And then five out of five, I made friends with some helpful, muscly dudes that like scary movies. So we talk about scary movies. So that's the scale. Let's, uh, let's right. kick this shit off, man. So the dude at the liquor store said that his buddy liked Orange County. Mm -hmm. He had not tried any of them. Okay. So, uh, I don't know if that influences where you want to start. Well, you know, orange, pineapple, and sh well, I guess strawberry pairs well with milk, but I'm not sure about orange and pineapple. You know what? I'm a little little worried about the citrus. Let's start with Orange County. Let's see what, if, the, you know, if this guy's right. Alright, so again, no fizz. Okay. Keep reactions to yourself because I want to go into this completely blind. Whoa. <sighs> boozy. Yeah. <laughs> that's like 99 level boozy. Yeah, that's. Ooh. I, I would say, yeah, I would say that kind of almost tastes reminiscent of a 99. Yeah. Oh, I mean, at 8%, it tastes stronger than 8%, or at least yeah. they're not covering it up well. I do like that right off the rip, it is giving me, and maybe this is the orange mixing with the milk, but like an orange creamsicle vibe initially, but then you get hit with that booze. Yeah, I, I just think the booze is super overpowering compared That's to tough, the flavor. Yeah. Ugh, like, I could have one of these. I very much think this is towing the line to the very hands-on CrossFit couple. That's exactly where I was going to um, put it. This it's just, it's, this is a lot. It's a lot, and I don't know that the citrus is like, the citrus certainly isn't cutting the booze, but there's something about that that's not, it's not thick, mm -hmm. but I almost felt like it had like a silt, mm. like a, like it wasn't pulp, but it was like, it wasn't quite unmixed protein powder, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. There's something in there that, like, I don't feel it on my teeth or anything, but I just like, I 
definitely felt it on the tongue. Jeez, man, I like I can just feel the booze on my breath. Truthfully, it, it feels like I just took a shot, like yeah. a, like a shot of straight vodka. Yeah, that's twos across the board. I agree. I could probably do one of those. And after one, uh, that's, that's probably enough for yeah. me. Let's go for pineapple pump next. I think if we're getting the orange creamsicle on that, like milky orange on the first one and strawberry milk is a thing. This one might scare me the most because you shouldn't be mixing milk and pineapple. The only thing I can say about pineapple is I think it probably covers booze the mm-hmm. best of the three flavors. Pineapple underrated mixer. Yeah. I think you hit the nail on the head with the covering the booze huh. better. Huh? That's um, that's like a painkiller. Yeah. Not like the drug, but the the alcoholic drink. Yeah. That's um, I shit. Think fine. It tastes it tastes exactly like something I've had in like not a bad way. <sighs> shit. This is really tough because we've never reviewed something like this, so we don't have a real baseline. And remember, <laughs> we're talking promise of the premise here. This tastes exactly like a uh, fucking pineapple pirate bay. Oh my. Yeah. Which, I mean, like, yeah. is fine because Pineapple Pirate Bay is, like, 17% mm-hmm. and is, like, you know, rum, you know, but mostly flavored. You can drink it straight. That tastes exactly like Pineapple Pirate Bay or, or like, Pineapple Cruzan or something, like one of those weak rums that are flavored that they sell in the, that, like, they don't have to sell at the liquor agency. They can sell at... Like a grocery store yeah. regularly. Boy... Uh, this is this is a really tough one because I think my gut is pushing this to three, but my brain is trying to say that this is such a unique category of beverage that this could qualify for a four. I think what I'm going to do right now is put it at three, the phone tripod fitness influencers, but with the asterisk that I reserve the right to adjust that to a four, depending how I feel about Swolberry, if that makes any sense. Like well, it's kind of like we're trying. I, I want to know what the what the environment is before I lock this in. Yeah, we're trying a new category of beverages, which is a little difficult because it's like it's like if we move from, for instance, seltzers to like wine coolers, right? Or right. It's like, okay, like, okay. Well, I got to re-trigger my or brain. Like, yeah, you know? like yeah. Okay, these are all gonna have like some sort of like wine spritz flavor. So mm-hmm. I don't really know. If I should knock any of them for that, I'm going to give this a, a fun tripod fitness influencer as okay. well. Uh, I definitely like it better than orange. Yes, that's undeniable. Orange is pretty tough in comparison. And we're rounding home here. Swolberry. Swolberry. This can's got a dent in it. I'm glad they're not carbonated. <laughs> and you like bought a lot of these, right? I did. <laughs> and they were around. My little post-workout snacky poo. Okay. That's so strange. I've never had a strawberry that tastes like that. Like, I've I've never had a strawberry seltzer that tastes like that. Because I think it's like like strawberry cream. Yeah, it's just not syrupy and sharp. Yeah. You know what? I was terribly worried when I smelled it. (laughs) It smells a little pukey. Yeah. But I think it tastes better than the other two. I think what this means is that I am going to lock in my pineapple pump at the phone tripod fitness influencers at three, and I'm going to give this one a guy with the anime shorts. Now, 
If we compare this to some of the other seltzers that we do on this show, or rather I should just say some of the seltzers that we do this on, on the show, there's no way this gets a four. But because, yeah. you know, we're in a, a very special category here and I've tasted what the rest of the pack has to offer. I honestly think this is fine. I could do this whole thing kind of no problem, the Swalberry. Yeah. yeah I- Orange I'm struggling with. Pineapple's yeah, like, eh, something's a little off. Swalberry's like, okay, I'm getting through it, no problem. Yeah, it, it is weird to me that, like, it, in no way on the seltzer scale is this a good pack, just by flavor alone. Mm-hmm. But, like, there's a couple things that I feel like win points here. Obviously, the, the ABV, the size of the can, mm-hmm. like, is an underrated thing that sucks in seltzers that is awesome here. Like you're getting an 8% tall boy. Yeah. And, you know, on top of all that, there's protein in them, which I think they say it on the website, or you mentioned them saying it on the website. Like, these are a great pregame drink because you're getting some, like, getting some substance. In there. Yeah. yeah, you're getting some substance in you, especially if it's like, you know, a rushed pregame or that kind of thing, or you're drinking all day. Mm-hmm. I think if you are getting ready to drink all night and you have a light dinner, and have one of these, you're starting your night off right. You're gonna yeah. you're gonna have a great night. Do I think I could like pound all three? No. No. I don't really think I could drink the three pack in a night. I think these are gonna be like the once per night kind of. Mm-hmm. But I mean the same could be said for a really good beer, right? Yeah. I mean, like you could say the same for a stout. It's like, yeah, I'm gonna have one of these and uh, I'm gonna be good. So, <laughs> so what are you giving it, man? I'm going to give Swalberry, I think, I like it equally as much as the pineapple, so I'm going to give it a three. Okay. But again, you know, my ratings are kind of based on flavor, and they're kind of close to what I feel like I would rate them on a seltzer scale. So with those other things considered, I think it's still worth trying the pack. Yeah. If for nothing for the novelty alone. And yeah, and, and the of- self-awareness of the whole thing. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, you know... I said these were either going to be really bad or really, really good. We did land somewhere in the middle, probably skewing a little bad. But I guess my final question is, we got the pack here. You bulking or cutting it? I mean, I already bulked up. I bought plenty of them. And luckily, I have the most of the Swolberry, I think. Perfect. I think it's it's an interesting drink to buy. And I don't think it's a terrible idea to have one of these at the start of a drinking session. Yeah. So I'm giving a soft bulk. Yeah. Soft bulk. I can't, I'm not going to say I'm going full born bulk. 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 That L got me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just like wolf. Wolf. Bulk. <laughs> Nailed it. Got him. Yeah. Like, I, I think this is the kind of thing where if they came out with another flavor, I'd probably pick it up. Oh, sure. I would try more of this stuff. So yeah, or okay. like if another company made one, I'd be like, okay, I'm interested to try it. I'll mm-hmm. see if they do it as well. All right. Well, I think that pretty much wraps up our review of the protocol beverages. I just want to say that when this episode drops, we're going to have a live zone of truth the following weekend. So I'm looking at the calendar that is going to be May 13th, of 2023, if you're listening in the future. So May 13th. And we're going to be reviewing the Bud Light Sangria pack, which less excited for. Yeah, not very excited for that one. So, hey, if you're a patron at the $10 tier and up, and if you're going to be tuning in that night, why don't you pick up a pack of Bud Light Sangria and drink along with us? Let, (laughs) Let us know what you think. Did we get it right? We'll see. All right, let's move on here to 
the main segment of the night. We are split these up though. Oh shit, you're right. I think it's easy. Yeah. I'm gonna take pineapple, you take strawberry, and then half seas on Yeah, half seas on the one we don't really like. Oh, they're clear. What? At least the oranges. Definitely translucent. They are clear. Weird fog in there. Yeah, yeah, so that's the fog I was talking yep. about. That's the mouthfeel that I was talking about. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we're talking power rank kill today, which for those of you just joining us, ready, aim, fire. Welcome back to Power Rank Kill, a segment where Griff and I discuss the pros and cons of Pathfinder options, ultimately assigning rankings with S being the highest tier, followed by A, B, C, then finally D. This week, we're taking aim and going full auto at the six ways of the gunslinger. Want to play along? Join our Discord and check out the to-be-shared tier ranking list to let us know what you think. Why are we doing gunslinger ways today? Well... Griff and I both have a little bit of experience with this class. Currently in our off-pod Reign of Winter game run by Tim, I am playing the Way of the Sniper. And for soon to debut Spleek with Plants, Griff is playing the Pistolero Way. So we have a little bit of experience with this class. We're going to be talking about it a lot. I did create another one of these tier lists that we can use online. Griff, you want to pull that up on the big screen or do you want me to do it on my computer? Sweet. And I will share this tier list template in the Discord if you guys want to fill out your own template and share it with us and let us know if we got it right. So just a quick overview of what Gunslinger ways are available. As of time of record, there are six. The Way of the Drifter, which is kind of a sword in one hand, gun in the other. There's the Way of the Pistolero, which is your quintessential, like, gunslinger walking into a western town kind of feel. You have the Way of the Sniper, which is exactly what it sounds like. You have Way of the Spell Shot, which is technically an archetype, but it is laid out similarly to a way and considered a way on PFSRD. So that's why we are covering it today. We have Way of the Trigger Band, which is from Impossible Lands and is reliant on combination tagged weapon usage. And then finally, Way of the Vanguard, which is kind of like a punch through the front lines with strength and light them up with a big old gun. So let's get started. The first one that we have is Way of the Drifter. When we talk about these, we need to discuss some of the things that every way gets. Every way gets a very specific reload action that lets you reload your gun in a unique way to the to the way. And then you have three deeds, an initial deed, an advanced, and a greater deed, which are kind of like special feats that you get. They allow you to do fun, interesting things, depending on what way you have. You have a way skill, which usually ties back into those specific deeds. And then finally, there are a couple feats that are gated behind certain ways. So, way of the drifter, Griff, how about you kick us off with this one? What do you think about this? Do we want to uh, give a little bit of an overview of what the Drifter gets and just talk about what we think as we go? Sure, yeah. So Way of the Drifter is kind of your your quintessential gun. It, like you're, you're never using two-handed weapons. You're, you're always going to have like a gun in one hand, a one-handed melee weapon in the other hand. So it's your maybe more like a Devil May Cry build or whatever. Sure. Like Dante, I think, has like a pistol and a sword. Like that, that kind of thing. They um, also reference in the flavor text, like uh, Shackles Pirate, 
Yeah, it, yeah, it feels yeah, exactly. Like, that, yeah. like, a, like a pirate would would go into combat with a pistol and a cutlass or whatever. So it's it's very much a wade into combat build, which is interesting for a gunslinger. As you know, anybody that's played one in two e knows gunslingers are the legendary proficiency with guns and with crossbows class, but any other weapon they use, they only ever get up to uh, master proficiency, which is the same proficiency as every other martial class besides fighter gets, but it is worth noting that this build specifically encourages you to use your lower proficiency weapon. Mm-hmm. So, right off the bat, your your reload that you get here requires you to be in melee. <laughs> so, if you're not in melee, better get into melee. What it is, is um, you can strike with your offhand weapon, your sword, your axe, whatever, and reload at the same time. That's great. It's a map producer, mm-hmm. uh, which kind of sucks. And it requires you, like, if you were to attack three times, you could. This is one of the few... Uh, gunslingers that actually allows you to attack three times in a round if you're right next to somebody, right? Every other gunslinger is pretty much shoot, reload, shoot on your good turn. Yeah, until you get like a repeating weapon, but that's going to be buried pretty deep in your campaign. Yep. So in that way, this is unique, but it kind of requires either a finesse weapon or investing in strength. It requires you to be up in the business and gunslingers really don't get a ton of defensive stuff. Mm-hmm. Compared to other martial classes, you still eventually get master proficiency in light and medium armor. But, you know, it's this is kind of tough because it's a, a lot of the other gunslingers get a special reload that debuffs or something and can be done at range mm-hmm. or buffs them in a certain way. This one is just straight, you know, take an attack. Yeah, this is, and I think this is something that we're just going to keep coming back to across this segment, that this is one of those ways that, like, there's this weird insistence with this class towards doing melee stuff, yeah. which I feel like you saw a little bit in first edition with weird archetypes, but I feel like those pretty much all were kind of traps. And generally, I kind of feel the same way in 2E. I think these melee builds and there's a few of them these melee ways are kind of trappy with all the stuff that she said and this is gonna it's gonna it's i think it's gonna hurt some of these scores yeah so each initial deed does something on initiative i think and this one is interesting in that it allows you to draw both weapons as an interact most of them allow you to draw your weapon but then it's a free stride yeah you know that's which, good which is good like a free stride really allows this class to get into melee this way to get into melee, which is where they want to be. I just think with reactions being what they are in 2E, yeah, you're not going to get attack of opportunity all the time, but this was really encouraging you to be in a spot where you put yourself in danger and you're really like to be as optimal as possible. You're basically point blank shooting people. Yes. And what does this have to do with being a drifter? Like a drifter seems to me like somebody that takes a shot from range and like like a, a drifter is like a, a mysterious stranger, not someone that like charges into combat like a fucking berserker. I think it's kind of a drifter just because most of the you drift around of, the battlefield. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Most of the abilities they get are movement based mm-hmm. for this one. 
And, you know, you can do a lot with that. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. You know, 2E is a game of optimizing the battlefield by moving around. So in that way, you know, not terrible. Like their advanced deed is to try and enhance that unarmed strike if you miss with your gun. Yep. Which is good. It helps that proficiency gap. And I think the greater deed as well. The greater deed is amazing. The greater deed is amazing. It takes to 15th level to get there, but you get get three attacks against three targets. So as long as there are three targets on Mm -hmm. the battlefield, you're going to want to be using this. You get to stride and you can strike up to three times at any point during your movement. Each attack must target a different enemy and must be made with a one-handed firearm, crossbow, melee weapon, or unarmed attack. Each attack counts towards your map, but your map doesn't increase until you've made all your attacks. And then that next sentence is huge. And then your movement doesn't trigger reactions, which is awesome, but your shots still do. So, (laughs) um, but you can obviously like, you know, move Pat, like you'd be moved wherever. I think this would pair like phenomenally with the monk dedication. Sure. Taking like the speed increases if you can. Like that drifter's wake with a repeating weapon is three shots at legendary proficiency yes with a gun like that's awesome but you have to have a repeating weapon to do that otherwise you're going to be like shooting once and attacking in melee twice Mm -hmm. but you know it doesn't increase your map so that's doable you could shoot close the gap hit somebody then move to that final target and hit them i think this is a really good greater deed I think we got to rate this thing because we got five more to go. Yeah, I think this is one of the best greater deeds. I think this in general is B tier. Dude, that's exactly where I was going to put it. We'll see. There's a lot of hot garbage (laughs) uh, and there's a lot of classes or there's a lot of ways that take the concept exactly how you think it is and make it work. Well, speaking about that, the next one up is way of the pistol arrow and you know, I know you did take point on Drifter, but I'd like you to take point on this one again because you're playing this on Speak With Plants. So tell me kind of why you picked it. Like, what, what do you see here that you like? So each of the ways kind of, aside from Sniper, which we will get to, uh, kind of encourage you to, and I, and I guess this way, the Drifter previously, and, and like, I guess you could focus on decks, but each of the ways seems to focus you on doing something that is not dex and is not integral to being a gunslinger. Mm-hmm. The pistolero just happens to be intimidating and distracting with deception. So you're, you're focusing on charisma. What I love about it is the Raconteur's reload is a debuff, you know, is one of your option of debuffs. Mm-hmm. So either frighten somebody with intimidate or create a diversion and get them flat-footed to you, which works for you at range, which is also really awesome because normally it doesn't. That being said, the 10 paces is also really cool. It's one of the few things in the game besides like a couple of monk stances that gives you a 10-foot step, which allows you to get out of trouble if you don't win initiative. Yeah. Something runs up on you. You get a bonus to initiative. You get to draw your gun when you roll initiative a lot of the ways do this, but I think this is up there with the best like initiative roll deeds. So like the first deeds that you get the downside for me is that unless you have a lot of enemies out there, Raconteur's reload really only works one twice. time. Like it works. Well, for like, a, I guess. Yeah. If you flip from, it, yeah, like it, it works for And you have to invest in intimidate and uh, mm-hmm. deception. Then it works for a frightened and it works for a flat footed. 
and uh, otherwise, you know, you, you can't intimidate someone again, or you could f- you could attempt a diversion again at a minus four penalty. So that kind of sucks. It's front loaded in the combat. Yeah. Another thing that like I think this is cool, but it requires your weapon to be loaded. If somebody attacks you and fails or critically fails the attack roll against you, you get essentially the same thing as a swashbuckler. So you get an AOL called Pistoler's Retort. But then this Grim Swagger thing is fucking awesome. And it's what you're focusing on as a charisma gunslinger, which you attempt to clear the room by promising a grim fate to anyone who doesn't do what you say and quickly attempt a deception or intimidate check against the will DC of each creature within 30 feet, except for your allies. Regardless of whether you succeed or fail, each subject is temporarily immune for 10 minutes. This is two actions. If you critically succeed, the creature is frightened three, and if it's lower level than you, it's also fleeing for one round. If they succeed, they're frightened two. All creatures within 30 feet of you. That's a really dope debuff, and as you'll see with, if you're playing a gunslinger and you're taking gunslinger feats, gunslinger is actually more of, like in a, in a lot of cases, more of a ranged debuffer. Uh, oh, sure. And, and attempting to get that, like, one shot that's a crit, then it really is, like, a ranged fighter, because you should just play a ranged fighter if you want to shoot a gun with legendary proficiency and not use any of those debuffs or reloads. The promise of the premise, as we talk about all the time, is there for the uh, Pistolero. It's, like, it's exactly what I want it to be. It's a swaggering, like, one pistol, or you can take dual pistols. It, it sounds like you're about to ascribe a rating. I think I know where I want to put this. I would also like to add that there are a couple gated feats here that you have to be the way of the Pistolero for the level six Pistoleros challenge and then the level 14 come at me, both of which I think are pretty good because you can declare a duel on something and both you and that foe you declare the duel against. This is the level six one do more damage to each other. But imagine we have a situation like I'm sure we're going to see and speak with plants where my character grapples somebody, you challenge them, they can't do that extra damage to you because they're locked down yep. and you just pump extra damage mm-hmm. into them. And you take that 14th level feat and you have no limit to the amount of people that you can challenge at a time. I think that's pretty good and definitely flavorful for the Pistolero. I've got a rating. What are you giving this? I mean, this is like the pinnacle of Gunslinger to me. So I think I'm, I got to give it an S. 100%. That's exactly where I was going to put it. It's very good very flavorful i can understand if somebody doesn't want this specific flavor of gunslinger but if you do this is going to give you what you're looking for i just think this is a much more common flavor of gunslinger than like running into combat and hitting somebody with a sword oh yeah and we're gonna (laughs) keep talking about that because that's just gonna keep going back but next one up is way the sniper and i'm gonna take point on this one because i'm playing one right now spoiler alert kind of like it so what do you get you uh, well maybe i should tell you what the class is it's exactly what it sounds like you are going to be far away from combat you're going to be doing stealth checks and then you're going to try and take big hits with that big long gun so you get your covered reload which is pretty good and will come into play later as long as you're standing by cover you take a shot with your gun you're going to need to reload you can reload and drop into cover at the same time notably you can take cover or hide so i'd rather attempt to hide but you can potentially get hidden and reload at the same time now uh, way skill stealth that's very important for this class the deeds are good i think so the first one is definitely restricted uh, you know 
we're calling it as it see it. You have to roll stealth for initiative. So if you're playing this type of character, you're probably doing a lot of stealth anyway. But this is a situation where your first shot is the deadliest. Just like everybody else, you can interact to draw. But on that first turn, as long as you stealth for initiative, your first strike does an additional 1d6 piercing damage, which increases to 2d6 at 9th level, 3d6 at 15th level. I think this is, as the people say, kind of mid. Like, it's nice to have. It's but- kind of mid, but it does what I think you're supposed to do with this class, yes. which is always roll stealth for initiative. Yes. Because that you're going to go first a ton of the time because your stealth is going to be way higher than your perception. Mm-hmm. So... I don't think the benefit is great, but you are correct with this specific class and this specific build. This is worth it. And I think you're sort of hinting at something else. We were talking about this downstairs. This is probably the only way printed right now that does not force you to take a secondary ability score. This is all decks straight through that uh, so much of your stuff keys off of stealth and that's just a deck skill. So you're good now when I start really getting excited about this class is this advanced deed. So it's two actions, vital shot. Again, this is an ability that is leaning into the one big hit kind of mantra of being a sniper, but you make a range strike if the target is flat footed, which it very well could be with that special reload that you have, you get hidden. The strike does an additional die of weapon damage and the target takes persistent bleed damage which is equal to the amount of precision damage from your one shot, one kill. Notably, you don't have to have the one shot, one kill kick on for this to work. It just marries up that or with the precision damage value. So 2d6, 3d6, 1d6, yeah. So you can spread this around and get people bleeding. I guess they're relying on flat checks because how many opponents in Pathfinder have like a dedicated healer or something? Kind of rare. So this is pretty good, I think. And then finally, at your greater deed, if you're hidden or undetected, again, you're doing stealth. Strike adds additional precision damage from the one shot one kill. You already receive that damage, it's not cumulative. If you are undefeated or unnoticed by creatures, you're now hidden from them instead as the origin of the attack is clear. Wait, what am I? I'm kind of confused on this. So I read the, this way too fast. Yeah, <laughs> so this is where... Um... If you're hidden from or undetected from a target streak. Uh, oh, you just do it. So just you, do they don't have to be flat footed. They yeah. don't have to be flat footed. They can just be. Mm-hmm. And also it like it doesn't reveal you all the way. Yeah. So is this the best deed ever? Probably not. But I'm definitely taking this at 15 level one because it's thematic and two. It's not bad. Well, you just get it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, you you're right. It. It, yeah, I, I think the, you don't have to take this. The coolest thing about. Sniper is that as a legendary proficiency class, rolling stealth for initiative and potentially like having the target flat footed off the rip Mm -hmm. because you go so early and because you're hidden means that like all of this shit multiplies on a crit. Yeah. So like this precision damage, this 1d6, 2d6, 3d6 multiplies on a crit. You can call your first attack vital shot and then that bleed damage multiplies on a crit. Yeah. That first attack, especially against a group of enemies that are like equal or lower level, is liable to take half an enemy's HP if you crit them and then probably bleed them to death in a round or two. Yeah. It's like, and you know, if you take that 15th level feat, they don't know where you came from. Mm-hmm. 
So you're still not detected. There's a couple uh, additional feats here. There's a level six feat that gives you a bonus to hit and ignores concealment and the kickback trade if your weapon has that. And then a level 14 feat called Headshot, which is basically a fortitude save or die. Now that has, I think, the incapacitation trait, so it's pretty hard to pull off. But if you do, come on, that's a sniper right there. Boy, I'm right on the edge here. I think this is so close to S tier. I'm leaning A. I think this is very, very good. I don't think it's perfect. This is tough for me. Yeah, I, I definitely feel like it It also does a really good job of presenting a very common gunslinger niche. Mm-hmm. It's just... <laughs> I could be talked into S if, yeah. you're, if you're confident on S, but if you're feeling A, I'm feeling A. I, I, think, I think A is fair, and that's just because whereas a lot of the other ways have more utility than that, I feel like a sniper is very, very solo. Yeah. And we've seen that in, in your play style, too. It's like, you're the only one that's ever 60 feet away, and you stay there, and like... You know, you're doing the same thing on a rotation, which makes sense, Mm -hmm. but you never get to use a lot of the gunslinger feats that require you, like a lot of them require you to be up in the action. I absolutely agree with you. I think if you take way of the sniper, there are like 60 to 70% of the gunslinger feats you would just be foolish to take. There are so, right, there are right. so there's, many. There's that, so like, many that yeah. you're locked out of basically from this way, mm-hmm. just because its playstyle is so different from all of the other ways. Yeah, this does the thing that I like to do. That is like kind of close to min maxi, but not really. Where you just get like really, really good at one thing. I love playing this character, just like hiding and shooting. But that's not exactly a versatile character. I think A is totally appropriate. Let's keep moving on here. Way of the spell shot. This one is going to warrant some discussion here. So again, this is not technically a way. Is D below as this goes? Uh, yeah. Okay, I was just making sure I wasn't zoomed too far in. <laughs> yeah, so boy, this is uh, this is something else. This is horseshit. So I mean, we could talk about it, but you and I both know. Yeah, I'm going to blow through yeah, what this yeah. gets. And then I think you've got a pretty good analysis of why this is not good. So I'm just going to give you the overview way of the spell shot is exactly what it sounds like. You're basically imbuing your bullets with magic. That sounds awesome. That being said, your reload is a combo reload where you reload your bullet and do a recall knowledge check at the same time. Okay. Your initial deed is imbuing your bullet with a little bit of elemental damage, which will give you one additional acid, cold fire, or electric damage. That's not a lot, but if you're fighting someone with, with, with a weakness, that could have utility. The advanced deed is recalling ammunition, so... If you miss, you can use this reaction to basically cancel that out. The ammunition you fired is reloaded back into your gun and immediately ready to fire again, which I think is pretty good. Yeah, I mean, that's cool. But that's that's ninth level. That takes a while to get there. And then your greater deed at 15 is dispelling bullet, which, again, kind of what it sounds like. If you hit, I think you can make a counteract check to counteract a spell effect active on the target your choice or the highest level effect if you don't choose so 
Now, Griff, I will turn it over to you to rip this thing to hell. Okay, so a couple things here. I mean, your thoughtful reload, for instance, is kind of requiring you to go into recall knowledge, which we all know is kind of busted at best. It gives you arcana as a way skill, so you're kind of like, I think it's it's hoping that you go into intelligence with this so that you, you know, are using arcana checks. So that allows you to basically get knowledge on, like, you'd probably take arcana and occultism and get knowledge on, you know, half of creatures. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's just not great. This is a class archetype, so you're stuck with it and can't take another archetype. As Steve and I learned tonight, there's no spell shot feats until level six, mm-hmm. besides the dedication. Uh, now, it does let you go straight into Beast Gunner. Good luck getting a Beast Gun unless you're playing in Arcadia or your GM is really lenient. Uh, so you could you could take a Beast Gunner feat at level six. You could take that dedication right away. And then those feats count towards your spell shot feats. Otherwise, there's only four spell shot feats, and they all suck. They're, They're all like such hot garbage. We won't even get into how bad they are. <laughs> it's like a level eight feet just to teleport a gun into your hand, which every other every other gunslinger can do when they roll initiative. In in this tiny amount of circumstances that you don't have your gun on you, on your person, mm-hmm. it's just it's stupid. Oh, by the way, you can already draw your weapon with the initial deed energy shot. So like yeah. that's basically duplicative. <laughs> Yeah. All right, we're not, uh, like you said, we're not getting into it. So, we're not getting into it. So here's why energy shot sucks, because the trigger is you roll initiative. So uh, you know how you're like built to recall knowledge? Mm-hmm. You don't get to do that to figure out what the thing's weakness is before you got to pick what damage you do. Ah. So you deal in addition one acid, cold, fire, electricity damage without knowing anything about the creature yet. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that sucks. By the way, you could take munitions crafter and uh, the like fire alchemical thing to basically give yourself that same versatility in two feats that this thing is like built around. Mm-hmm. It's bad. The dispelling bullet, the counteract level equal to half your level rounded up, like is basically. That's a throwaway. You're yeah. looking for a 20. It's stupid on its face and you don't get any spell casting. Nothing about this gives you any spell casting unless you go into Beast Gunner. Yeah. So you're a spell slinger. What are your your spell shots? Do one additional damage. Yeah. That's your spell? Yeah. Yeah, that's um that's pretty much right there. Like what is the upside of this? That you're locked out of everything until level 10? Yeah, I mean boy, this is a rough one. I think this is so clearly a D tier. If this is not D tier, yeah. I don't know what is. I mean, you would be stupid and foolish to play that. Mm-hmm. Which sucks because there were things that approximated this in 1E. And I think there's things that approximate it in 2E just fine. To pick this for Gunslinger is perplexing. Yeah, I mean, like, Magus has martial weapons proficiency. Be a Starlet's Band Magus. Yeah. Fire spells out of a gun. Yeah, you don't have the recall knowledge uh, reload, whatever. Like, (laughs) you're already doing a stupid thing. Why not just, like, don't make it dumber by picking a spell shot? All right, well, we got to keep this rolling because we're at an hour right now, and we got two to go. Oh, boy. Um, We got a couple more winners here. 
we're going to close this out with two more. Both of them are basically focused on, again, doing something that neither of us really think this class should be doing is spending time in melee. So the next one up is straight out of Impossible Lands. This is way of the trigger brand. This is kind of perplexing one. I understand that this is probably local slash regional. So sure. But you're of combination weapons. You are locked into using a combination weapon and you better not try and use anything else. You are basically locked into using this specific type of weapon. And if you're not familiar with combination weapons, they are one weapon that functions like a melee and ranged weapon as well. So you could kind of switch between both. Some of the things you get, you have your slinger's reload, which is a, a free step towards an enemy. You can also interact to change your weapon between melee and ranged modes. And oh, then great, you can that's reload. a big action economy drag that you're going to have to deal with by using a fucking combination weapon the entire time. Right. And, and I think what this does is try and address that. So you do basically get three actions for the price of one, but you definitely can argue that one of those you should never have had to do in the first place or it's frustrating that you have to do in the first place. Yeah, one of those you switch. don't have to do if you're the, the drifter. Yeah. So, I mean, and that step is also towards an enemy. That is very clear. So you better be moving up. Oh, instead of a drifter that gets a full stride? Yes. <laughs> and gets to draw both of those weapons? Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. All yeah. Right. So Perfectly D, balanced. Spring the trap. You can interact, draw, and set it to melee or range. So you, you choose. Uh, <laughs> wow. Very excited about that. You're moving and range attacks on your first turn. Don't trigger reactions, such as attack of opportunity. So cool. Same yeah. as a drifter, but worse. Advanced deed, wind them up. Oh, is this a fucking thievery one? Yes. Yeah, go ahead and take that. You're pretty excited about it. This is just stupid. <laughs> yep. Make a thievery check at a minus five to take something off them and make them flat footed. Mm -hmm. But you can't take anything that they like have in their hands or anything. So, right. And okay. I got the flavor text on this. Should foes parry your blade or dodge your bullets? Neither. They should be watching their purse. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, You're in combat. Because that's a uh, gunslinger concept if I've ever heard one. So your thievery check succeeds. The target is flat-footed against your range attacks to the start of your next turn, and you don't trigger reaction. So again, you're just trying to avoid attacks of opportunity in melee, which is, again, something a gunslinger shouldn't have to worry about. Oh, boy. Yeah. Greater deed. Break them down. Make a melee strike with a combination weapon and a, and a range strike. This is another one similar to what we've talked about before, where it doesn't initially count your map, but then increases after you've made both strikes. You do a little persistently, but again, this is 15th level. This is not a lot for a 15th level. Essentially, it's not a feat, but it's essentially. I mean, a you're feat. doing persistent bleed um, at ninth as a sniper. Yeah at or better than this yeah a couple gated feats here so trigger brand salvo at six if you hit on the melee you get an immediate ranged attack with a plus two okay and then the trigger brand blitz at 14 where you can attack three times during a stride with okay do, do you are you familiar with this yeah oh it's, damn. it's the it's, yeah it, it's oh it's it's a feat one level earlier than the drifter gets their amazing thing. Yes. Oh, and also you're fatigued. Yes. So, okay. That drifter thing that we were excited about kind of at 15 feet where you can basically move and attack three times with no map consideration. You do, but then you're fatigued for a minute, which is the combat, the rest of the combat. Like that is the definition of a straight downgrade. 
I think we've basically gone through everything the Trigger Brand has to offer and offered a just, better execution of it. It just fucking sucks. This, and it and it like it boggles my mind. Like they put these weapons in here. Who asked for these? That's a great question. Who wanted this shit? Like I Oh, a gun axe? Like uh, This is one This of those, isn't fucking Final Fantasy. I don't need a gun sword. This sounds cool and then you think about it for like five seconds and you're like eh, actually that, that kind of sucks i hate this one this is d tier for me yeah i think spell shot is worse and more frustrating but they're they both 100 belong in d tier i mean can't. either this is d tier or i gotta move drifter up <laughs> no 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 we're not doing that we are not putting drifter in a tier that is preposterous this is straight d tier and now we got to move to way of the vanguard Okay, this is our final one of the night and the third one that is melee focused. So, of course, you're basically the intention behind this is you run up and you clear a path, which is the name of the slinger's reload. So you you run up, shoot somebody with a big gun and blow through him, I guess. So that reload clear path, you push outward with your weapon to clear some space before quickly reloading. So you can make an athletics check to shove, then interact to reload for the shove. You don't need a free hand. Get a little bonus. Now, the cool thing the about that is, is that you use the same map, mm-hmm. which is great. You know, you're, you're shooting and you're shoving to clear a path. That's better than a lot of classes can do for. I mean, it, it's restricted to just shove, but. Yeah, I can see if somebody wants to play this type of a gunslinger which is kind of like the charge up with a shotgun build Mm -hmm. that this reload kind of fits i don't hate it initial deed is living fortification so you interact to draw because then you get a circumstance bonus to your ac that's a plus one until the start of your next turn or plus two if the chosen weapon has the parry trait yeah lots of shotguns with that trait I don't know if that's sarcastic or not. I don't it was know. it was sarcasm. Okay, there's, there's right. like two weapons in the game. I think that have the parry trait. Sweet. That apply for this shit. Yeah, advanced deed. This one is the one that actually makes me angry. <laughs> you go into a vicious spin, smashing your weapon again. This is level nine. Keep that in mind. Into those nearby, and increasing your momentum by firing. All creatures adjacent to you take one d six bludgeoning damage plus your strength modifier. Depending on the rune on the weapon, you may do 2d6 if it's striking, 3d6 if it's greater striking, 4d6 if it's major striking. Oh boy, this is three actions, and the creatures get a basic reflex save. So I think that means that they can basically negate this damage if they roll high, and that if they fail, they save, they're also pushed five feet away. The damage on this is so low, it costs three actions and you hit everybody around you, which conceivably could be your allies as well. I think this this feat right here, I, I keep calling these uh, these deeds feats, but this deed, How I think is really, How often are you really surrounded bad. that much? Oh, geez. Good question. Like, like what, what would you need to make optimum use of this? You need eight enemies on the battlefield all surrounding you to do like, you know... To, to level, do the equivalent of a fireball of da- less than a fireball of damage. At that level, that damage sucks, and it's three fucking actions, and it has to be loaded. So you have to be like ready for this turn. Yeah, you can't reload and do this. If this were two actions, I could see kind of an argument for it, but at three, that's tough. 
And then your greater deed at 15, Siege Breaker, two actions. Let's see here. You charge and smash. Uh, Leaper Stride, then make a strike. The strike deals an additional amount of bludgeoning damage. That's 3d8 and ignores some hardness. Okay. After the strike, you become immobilized and position the required weapon defensively, getting a plus one circumstance bonus on your AC. And again, hey, parry trait, plus two circumstance. If you got that parry trait, both effects last until the start of your next turn. A force that would move you must succeed at an appropriate check against the class DC. This one I don't hate. I don't think it's good, but it works a lot better than your spinning crush. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting to, like, you know, basically form a wall. Mm-hmm. Like, they're making like athletics checks presumably against your class DC to try and move you. Yeah. That's kind of cool. I see how that fits like the vibe. Mm -hmm. Is it nearly as good as like half the other ones? No. Yeah. There's some specific feats here at six failings breaker, shoot someone at range with a chance to uh, shove them back. And then at 14 blast tackle, which is a grapple and shoot with a little bonus precision damage, like straight into their gut. I certainly don't have the visceral uh, this is bad reaction as I do with trigger brand mm-hmm. or spell shot. That being said, Griff, I don't know what your thoughts are on this one. I think I've got a pretty good idea. I think I'm dropping this into C. If yeah. you have to do a melee gunslinger, this isn't your worst option, but I really struggle to think when this would be a good fit for a party. Yeah, like how many times are you just like shocking all breaking into this? Like, you know, I guess you do, but like, that's what this is suited for. And this makes you really have to invest in strength. Yeah, I mean, things that would make this better. Scaling heavy armor proficiency. Mm-hmm. So kind of making you like the steel defender or whatever in uh, first edition. Yeah. Uh, the the or whatever it was called, the, the gunslinger that got heavy armor proficiency. Or even, like, I don't know if this exists as a trait on guns, but like something that allows you to swap like strength for dex or something to hit. Like, I guess most of what you're going to be using here is like scatter. So your to hit Mm. isn't necessarily like it's more like, you know, you're using a shotgun. So your to hit isn't as as necessary. But do you agree with that C tier? I think that I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I really don't like what I'm finding here is that there's so many that don't that either fall into the trap of like, I need to be fighting 10 enemies Mm -hmm. or I need to be solo one-on-one. Like the sniper feels very much like I'm best suited to taking down one big target. Yeah. And this Vanguard and the drifter and like, they all feel like I need this mob of enemies for me to shine. And the pistol arrow is the only one that is like, I can debuff a single enemy. It's better if I have a bunch because I can, you know, I can do that same intimidate Mm -hmm. across stuff. But if it's just me and another enemy, I'm going to do the pistol arrows challenge. If it's me versus a bunch of enemies, I'm going to do this spread action demoralize. Like it it feels like the only one to me that can actually handle both situations and still shine. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm about to give the rundown, the recap of what we did, but I think there are two ways that are missing. I think there needs to be a like infantry way. I want someone that is good with a rifle that doesn't have to be a sniper to be good with a rifle. And maybe that's just like a, you know, quote unquote, like full auto dude. Maybe someone who's 
reload means that they can reload and take a second shot at a massive penalty. Like someone who can just put rounds down range. Where is the two-handed like, like the two-handed rifle gunslinger that is not a sniper? It's not on this board. So I wish there was something that you could just be a guy with a rifle. And the other one that I would suggest, and maybe this is close to a Vanguard, I think there would be it would be really cool if you had like a way of the street sweeper, which is just like a shotgun build where maybe you can adjust the size of the cone or the size or the length of the cone from a shotgun or maybe do the type of like alchemisty thing where you can like shoot into like you spray your cone into like a, a melee, but you can exclude certain people. I think like a, a cool shotgun build would be a lot of fun. I think a cool rifle build would be a lot of fun. We don't see really either of those. Vanguard's an you know, approximation of the shotgun. Sniper is a very specific version of the rifle, but I kind of wish that either existed in a more pure situation or, or, or you know, scenario. What I wish there was was a an actual way that focused on dual wielding. Oh because yeah! There's, okay. There's plenty. There's plenty of feats that support it in Gunslinger. Don't get me wrong. Those feats exist, and maybe this like nullifies it. But I, I think those feats exist so that you can do one of these other ways and still dual wield. Mm-hmm. I wish there was a way that like gave you benefits for dual wielding or let you do it like just a hair better than everyone else, or even that like let you in extreme circumstances or whatever do the like. You know, two two handed weapons. Sure. Like the, you know, and maybe you take a massive penalty, but you can do it. Like, yeah. It's a situation where you're to hit's bad, but when you hit, it hits. Yeah. So, so I think I think that would be interesting. There's just it feels like the gap in like where the technology is at in Galarian and where the fantasy around gunslingers is is such that it makes it difficult for certain concepts that everybody knows to actually exist i almost want like a drifter that doesn't focus on melee right like you know somebody that's like hyper mobile but is like trying to get away from Mm -hmm. enemies in order to line up a perfect shot it's like you know somebody that's hyper mobile and like has like a like a certain range that they need to be at to like they get a bonus like you get a plus one bonus to hit if you're like if you're like exactly 20 feet away from the enemy, so you're always like moving around to try and get in that perfect spot. That would be fun. That would be really good. And, you know, it's relatively early in the gunslinger cycle, so I'm sure that these six ways aren't the only six ways that are going to get printed for second edition. I'm sure we're going to be seeing more, and maybe that's going to correct some of the things that we're not so hot on about this class, but let me give a little bit of a recap before we hit uh, at least one listener question today. At the S tier, we have the lone standing pistol arrow. Right below that, we have A tier with the sniper. At B tier, we have the drifter. C tier is Vanguard and D tier trigger brand and the spell shot. I think this is the third time that we've done this segment. And this is the most confident that I've been in these ratings. I really yeah. believe in these. I think this is pretty solid. And I would be kind of I would need to hear some pretty convincing arguments for people to move these around. Yeah, I feel like I would have had to m- miss something like fairly substantial in one of these. And don't get me wrong. That's fully possible. I didn't like read through the entire feet list or anything like I didn't look for like specific synergies of non trigger brand specific feats that Mm -hmm. might make a trigger brand OP or anything, but like it just in general, based off of the stuff they get on the tin and some of the 
way specific feats, I feel pretty confident in this. All right. Well, we are getting pretty deep into this episode already. So we're only going to do one listener question today. This comes from Anonymous. Hey, ZOT friends. I've got a question about the evil interlude characters, primarily for Griff. You decided to run the evil PCs as NPCs under your control later in the campaign. Did you consider letting each player control their own evil PC and their good one in the fight and try to murder their party? Now to both slash all of you, if your GM did something like this, could you handle trying to murder your party with your evil PC or would you rather have the GM take it over? I think this is a pretty interesting question and definitely a relevant one because we're seeing this right now with Sawyer and Nana Opal deep into book six where this is all kind of a reality. Go ahead, Griff. What, what are you thinking? I just feel like it doesn't feel good for anyone but the GM to kill a character. You guys are a unit. You're a party. And I'm not saying that the game is player versus GM because we certainly don't play that way. But there's a level of like trust and fairness that you hand over to me that you've given me for five years now running this game that I feel like not to say that anyone would abuse that in one way or another because I don't think you guys would but just to even have the question of like is Haley avoiding her own character like mm. you know is Emily like targeting Matumbe like you don't have that question when I run it I mean you, you might you might say like oh it felt like I was getting targeted that combat but when it's the GM it feels like hey you have a five year resume of me not like targeting anyone specifically to, yeah. to fall back on it's a cool idea to have you guys like run both sides of a combat but even I don't like to do that like I don't like to run an NPC on your side mm -hmm. I think it just gets messy and there's a conflict of interest so there wasn't really a question of like am I going to let them control their character now what I have done every time we've done this is say, look, you have full control of this evil character in the sense that, like, level them up to this level, give them this wealth. Like, I'll play with that. Like, yes. I'll play with whatever build you've made. Or in Haley's case, like, hey, are you good if, like, I start here and, you know, I'm going to add the Lich template and a couple of things here? Or, like, with Ed Turner, like, are you okay with me preparing your spells for the day or do you want to do it? Because, like... You're a cleric, so you can pick anything. So I've always allowed that. I've always allowed, like, hey, completely build your character. I'm just going to run it. I think that's the right answer. Immediately when I read this question, my heart was like, oh, yeah, I would. If the showdown between Sawyer and Nana Opal versus the party is, you know, the final time that Nana Opal and Sawyer get run on the show because both of them get killed in that combat. I was like, oh yeah, I would I would love to go down swinging and be the one rolling the dice and be in the one RP. But I think your comment about the potential conflict of interest is probably the most poignant one that really strikes close to home. You're right. You don't want to put the player in the situation where they feel like they're targeting their friends or they're going after their own character because they don't want to target their yeah, friends. Exactly. I, mean, I could see that happening with you guys even more so than, yeah. than targeting everyone fairly. I could see, you know, Saw focusing down Matumbe because you'd rather kill your own character than, than like have somebody else's character permanently die. Mm -hmm. So 
I agree. I think the best compromise is to collaborate with the player on the build. Mm -hmm. But then when it comes down to running it, you just say, hey, I'm going to run this. Maybe if you want to throw in like your uh, pieces of your own little dialogue. Yeah, we, we've done that where you give like Haley or Brooks for Ed Turner, like a couple prompts like, hey, he might know this specific mm -hmm. thing and might insult this particular PC about this aspect that they're trying to do or whatever. But to turn over the keys to them, I think you might be inviting some some things that you don't want to invite to the table. Right. And I think a lot of times I'll do exactly that. Like, I'll tell you what you know and let you RP the character. Unless it's like, I feel like I had to do this a couple times with Ed on both sides. But like, it's like, okay, this is like a an investigation thing. So like, I can't really tell you, Brooks. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can't tell you right. But then like, you know, he still got to RP Ed at certain points. But it, it was it was a lot of like, I got to RP him a little bit. <laughs> I really like this question. I think this is probably a common question because obviously the evil interlude is such a core part of our mainline show, but I know it's not exclusive to us. I've heard about people doing the like Hell's Rebels concurrently with Hell's Vengeance and then the two parties have to face off or like have their own little quote unquote evil interludes in their own campaigns, whether that's on, on a podcast or, or not. So I'm glad that we answered it, but I stand by our answer. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, I think that probably does it because we're uh, pretty much at time here. There's a little bit of wrap up and housekeeping and some exciting stuff to chat about. So speak with plants. We got three episodes plus an episode zero in the can that is premiering May 16th. So just a couple weeks away. I think we've settled on our release strategy where we're going to be dropping all three opening episodes plus session zero available that day on the Patreon feed. And then if you are not subscribed to that Patreon feed, we want to give you a taste of that show to see if that's something you're interested in. So you should be able to listen to, I believe we're going to be doing episodes one and two. Yeah, we'll do one and two. And on... can you clarify, is that going to be HLP, Bestow Curse, both? Uh, I think that'll be on the Bestow Curse feed. I haven't decided if we're going to throw that on the HLP feed. We might. I mean, it's just if you're subscribed to both, just listen to one. <laughs> Or listen to it twice. Yeah, you know? go ahead and uh, me. <laughs> we can be total dicks and be like <laughs> episode ones on the Bestokers feed, oh episode twos on the HLP feed. That would be a blast. And I'll just say, I mean, we got those three episodes in the bank, and they're bangers. I had yeah. so much fun. Yeah, they're really fun. This is gonna be a campaign like you haven't heard. This is a really cool party already. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. So, besides that. I've been promoing this for forever, but we are going to be at Origins. There's going to be other Paizoverse friends of ours there. We are going to have some sort of meetup. That's in the works. We're planning it. Don't worry. Origins runs Wednesday, June 21st through Sunday, June 25th. And then finally, uh, I had a little guest spot that I recorded recently for the 25 North podcast. I hopped on to their third episode of the Dubious Knowledge show. And we talked about Phrasma. It was a super fun conversation. At time of recording, I don't know exactly when that's going to drop, but that is definitely soon. I believe that is their May release for that specific show. So if that's not out already, it will be very soon. Go ahead, check that feed out. And you can hear me talk about all the fun things about the Lady of Graves. But even more exciting is that next month, Griff is going to be joining them on that very same show and discussing uh, <laughs> deific Hellraiser himself, Sonny K. 
Oh, Zonny K. Yeah. One of your personal favorites, right? Yeah. Someone you yeah, like. Yeah. Yeah. Love Zonny K. Sweet. Well, I think that pretty much wraps us up for today. I had a lot of fun with this episode. We, uh, yeah. we kind of cut loose a little bit on this gunslinger. Yeah. Well, I, you know, it's a little difficult when we do something like all the classes or even Oracle Mysteries. I think there were like 11. Right? Yeah, there's a lot. So you like, to fly through them. We get to put a little more attention to detail in this six. Mm-hmm. And I think this is a pattern we're going to continue i really like this segment i can pretty much guarantee you're going to see us do the barbarian instinct soon oh, yeah. and like all the other fun <laughs> oh stuff. we should get chris on for that one Ooh, let's do that but in the meantime i think y'all survived your will save congratulations you made it out of the zone of truth griff is there anything that you want to say to the people at home finish your drinks we'll see you in two weeks later <laughs>